Hey everyone, welcome to the Brown Girl in Beijing podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Baby. Thank you for joining us for episode two, Being a Brown Girl in Beijing. Stay tuned. All right, so first things first, thank you to my big brother, Rodney Bain of the RN Love podcast of Service Culture Firm. Thank you for my intro video. I appreciate it. And I hope that everybody loves it as much as I do. Also, big shout out to everyone that has listened to, watched, liked, downloaded, shared, commented on the Brown Girl in Big Jane podcast episode one. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you to everyone that has subscribed to the YouTube channel. God bless you. And I hope that I can continue to deliver content that you are interested in. And honestly, what would help me while we're here is if there is something you want to know specifically, let me know. Send me a DM on Instagram or Twitter. Drop a comment below this video. Let me know if there are specific questions that you have and I can do my best to answer those questions for you. So this all started, well, in truth, it did start two and a half years ago when I first got to Beijing, but this push really came or the last push really came when I was able to take over Dawn's Instagram stories for a day a couple of weeks ago at the beginning of February and answered some of your questions. And I was only able to dedicate maybe a minute or two per question. And so I've decided let's get into this podcast thing and let's see if we can expand a bit more. So our first episode was on dating in Beijing because that is what a lot of you wanted to know about. And the second episode is just talking about what it means to be black in Beijing or in my case, what does it mean to be the brown girl in Beijing? So let's get down to business. And if to defeat the Huns wasn't the next thing that popped into your head, then I need you to either stream the Mulan soundtrack, find it on YouTube, watch the movie, something. Fix that. Thanks. So when we talk about being a brown girl in Beijing, it has been interesting. I've been here for almost three years and I have had experiences pre-COVID-19 and experiences, I can't even say post, during COVID-19. One of my greatest treasures, I'll say here, is the fact that because of the large expat community and because of just the loving responses that I've gotten from a lot of locals, I feel like I have a pretty solid support system that is multicultural, multi-ethnic, multiracial. And I think it's because of having those experiences and finding myself in a position where I can learn a lot more about other cultures without necessarily having to go there. It's been quite a journey, quite a learning experience. So now for me, what has it been like for me to be a brown girl in Beijing? Let's talk pre-COVID. 
my former job pushed the image of Caucasian, blonde hair, blue-eyed, all-American. It's going to teach your kids English. And then parents show up and they see black, Indian, Filipino, Mexican, and some Caucasians. And we are going to teach your kids English. <laughs> I will say that I've probably had only a handful of experiences where the color of my skin has made it a little uncomfortable to be at work. There was an instance where I had to give a demo lesson and this is a 45 minute lesson that we give to parents and prospective learners to show them what it would be like to learn English with us. So it's filled with singing and dancing, shapes and colors and numbers. I mean, it's a fun demo. It was one of my favorites. So we had a three-year-old. It was just him in the demo class. And the minute that he saw me, he screamed, Boyo! 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 Which means, I don't want. And I'm like, with that attitude, I don't want you either. <laughs> but of course, I can't do that. That's not my job. My job is to do my best to give this child a demo lesson. And so we bribed him with the toys and the color yellow and all these other things, you know, and stickers. Oh, come in. We're going to have a good time. So eventually his mom got him calmed down, came in, and he had a great demo. Mom participated during the demo and everything was fine. At the end of it, he had a good time. And that's a situation that obviously worked out positively. But I've had other situations where parents just pick up their kids and leave. They say, we're not dealing with this. Okay, cool. I took over for a teacher who's Caucasian, male, he's younger than I am, pretty straight-laced, clean-cut, all-American, and enter me. <laughs> the only thing that we have in common is the fact that our haircuts sort of look the same. And one of the parents in one of his classes took her child out of his class because she did not want her child to be taught by me. Now, this is definitely not the first time that it's happened in this company throughout China. It's a thing that happens. And bless the hearts of our local co-workers who try to soften the blow and try to come up with alternate reasons as to why a parent will put a, pull a child out of class. But the bottom line is, we're black. That's the reason. And until they learn better, that's gonna be the reason. So being black in my job meant that I had to work harder, as did the other minorities. <laughs> it meant that they needed to see the proof before they believed that we were qualified for the job. Never mind the varying backgrounds that we had with teaching children, working with children, teaching English. Never mind all of that. Parents needed to somehow see that we were good enough to teach their children and we had to convince them to wait around long enough to see the proof. <sighs> Thankfully though, the majority of the parents that I have worked with have been overwhelmingly supportive, have been invested in their child's language acquisition, and they have trusted me as the teacher. They've trusted me as an authority on the subject, and they have trusted my advice. They've come to me with their concerns, and they come to me with their progress and their success. And that has made a lot of the difference. So it makes up for the few parents that don't. 
to counter the child who looked at me and screamed booyah 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 i had a child who i did a demo with who immediately wanted me as her teacher having never seen me before she wanted me and she cried at the thought of having another teacher and so just as my presence can evoke a negative response because of fear because of ignorance my presence can evoke a positively emotional response maybe because of curiosity because of openness because of some level of acceptance that she had been taught I don't know so that's a work outside of work same kind of thing maybe a different format so instead of children screaming booyah 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 <laughs> They may just stare. And I find that it's often older people and young kids that just stare like, who are you? I remember walking with a group of friends and a child shouted that there were six foreigners like all together. I don't know if he's ever seen that many foreigners together before, but he seemed like very excited about it. And he shouted it in Chinese to whoever he was with. And really that's sort of the response that I, I get just walking down the street. I often joke that I wish that I had pockets full of glitter or I could make glitter shoot out of my ears or something whenever a child stops to stare at me. On the flip side though, some children who are learning English, they are encouraged that when they see a foreigner on the street to, you know, go up and say hello and try to strike up a small conversation just to practice their English. So there are some times when children will say, hello, what's your name? So I will tell them and ask them their name just to give them a little bit of practice. And so those little moments I do appreciate because that is what we encourage our children to do and what we encourage our parents to do to provide children with that security, that sense of safety, that if I'm with mom, if I'm with dad, then it's okay for me to try to strike up a conversation just for a minute or two with this stranger who is a foreigner and then I can be on my way. But I do still sometimes wish that I had pockets full of glitter. Just older persons listen technology is for everybody out here so grammys in their 60s 70s 80s they be out here with the phones and they be recording they be taking pictures <laughs> and sometimes they try to be slick so if it's two of them, one of them will come and stand next to me while the other one takes a picture of their friend and I just happen to be in the photo or in the video. Okay. <laughs> Most of the times though, I don't, I don't mind. If I'm in a good mood or even just a regular mood, I will happily smile, pretend that I am some black celebrity. I will happily take pictures, participate in videos. I don't mind. But on the days when I'm not in a good mood, when I'm frustrated, I am ready to like take the phone out of your hands, to delete the pictures, to throw the phone away. And I try not to respond or react super negatively because A, I am in a foreign country. This is not my birthplace. This is not where my passport is attached. <laughs> So I don't want to do anything that could cause me to get into any problems. Um, and I also don't want to be the angry black girl. Even though in that situation I feel like I have every right to be angry. Because you're invading my personal space and I clearly do not like it. Uh, because there are some times when I will say, you know, please don't. Or I don't want booyah. And still sometimes they continue. 
And so that is probably one of the tougher parts of being a brown girl in Beijing. Just having to find that balance. So I found that being my black self can get me one of three responses. Either I'm invisible. <laughs> I just don't exist. People walk straight past me. Do not listen to me as I try to speak. Just going about their day or somebody's super helpful super attentive and super friendly like there's a security guard at my gate and i only know it's him because every time i walk past because it's cold now so he's covered and everything so when i walk past he'll say hello hello i'll say hey and then he'll start riddling off in chinese and i'm just like smile and wave boys smile and wave because i have no idea what he's saying but he's always so nice. He could actually just be cursing me out in Chinese and I would not know. So super helpful, super nice. Or treat me like I'm five years old and I don't know anything. And that is the one that bothers me the most. <laughs> and sometimes it is unintentional because I have found that with a lot of my friends who are Chinese, they have this nurturing spirit. And so they recognize that you are a foreigner in their country and they want to help you as best as they can. But sometimes that turns into sort of steamrolling you. And I have to remind them, hey, it's not that I don't know things. It's that I don't speak Chinese well and I cannot read the characters. If all of this were in English, I would be able to do it by myself. And even with everything in Chinese, it would take me a little bit of work, but I would still probably be able to do it by myself with the help of translators and Google and Baidu. So sometimes I get frustrated because I don't like to be treated like a child. I don't know very many adults that do like to be treated like children. So sometimes it does come out of good-natured intentions. Other times though, and you can tell the difference when somebody's just being nasty to you and is treating you like you're a foreigner in my country. You don't know how to do this. You're stupid. I'll just do it for you. Just let me get it done and you can get out of my face. And I am not into that. <laughs> I am not into that. And I find myself sometimes getting so frustrated. Like if you would just listen, pause because I'm going to try to explain this to you as best as I can. I will use any number of translation techniques. I will use my hands. I will use gestures. I will call a friend to try to explain to you. If you could just listen, then maybe we would be on the same page and we could get somewhere. Anyway, that's pre-COVID. During COVID, there were a lot of instances where I just wasn't sure if what was happening was being driven by my skin color or being driven by the pandemic. And it might have been a little bit of both. I remember trying to move into a new apartment last year. The whole story is on my blog, so I won't bog you down with the details here. I had the lease signed and everything. I just needed to move in. I had everything packed, ready to go. And it took two days of trying to get the access card from the community station and we did not get it. And I was frustrated and I attributed the whole situation to me being black. 
and found out that there was an outbreak in that area and so things were being locked down places were being locked down restrictions were tightening up and so that may have been the reason why I could not move into that area I mean it all worked out in the end because I was moving to be closer to work and then lost my job a couple of weeks well a couple of months later so all worked out but still <laughs> it was a very frustrating experience and I find myself now whenever I have not so good encounters I wonder if it is driven by just the color of my skin or if it is also COVID related or if it is just COVID related and that is exhausting to think about all the time. So sometimes I lean towards my naivete and say that it is COVID related or it's out of curiosity or ignorance and not out of hatred. And sometimes that route is just easier for me and causes me less stress. So I've just been rambling and honestly this is like my third take <laughs> of this whole thing trying to put all of my thoughts together and I still don't know if they are coherent enough to make sense I know that what I have experienced is my experience I didn't tell you all of this to try to convince you one way or another being a brown girl in Beijing can be challenging but it's also rewarding. I have had the opportunity to begin some beautiful friendships with beautiful people from all around the world. And I have Chinese people that tell me like, I want to know more about you. I want to know more about what you're about. Like, I enjoy talking to you. And so the positive experiences that I've had are definitely much more than the challenging experiences that I've had, much more. So for me, the challenges aren't enough to make me say I'm ready to go home. Sometimes isolated instances, I'm like, y'all keep this. <laughs> but overall, when I look back, I honestly have still been super blessed to be here. I know that that's not everybody's story. I know that when people leave and go to other countries and they look back on their time here, they have a very different perspective. And who knows what will happen whenever I leave, how my feelings, my thoughts may change. I don't know. But for now, I am happy where I'm at. I know that before I came here, so many people were concerned about me, concerned about my well-being, about being black hair and what that could mean for me. And I'm just very, very grateful that the worst case hasn't happened for me. I am aware of what has happened to other black people in other parts of the city and more so in other parts of the country. And while I am glad that my circumstances have not been more severe, I hate that my people have experienced severe circumstances such as those. So that's a whole other thing altogether. But for this brown girl in Beijing, I am happy where I am and I am blessed where I am. So thank you for listening to my ramblings. I hope that you gained something from it. I don't know what, but I hope it's something. And again, if you have other things that you want me to address, please feel free to let me know. And that way we can make sure that this is something that you want to listen to, that you want to stay tuned into. So I will see you next time. Take care.
with love from Dr. Baby. Brown girl in Beijing, tra la la la, and she looks like the sugar in a plum. Yeah, she looks like the sugar.